Good morning, Word of Life. It's a great day. Hey, it is the first day of 2024, or first Sunday of 2024, so happy New Year's. Happy New Year. All right. I get it. Some of you are a little like, I don't know, it ain't that happy. <laughs> uh, it happens. I get it. New Year's can be kind of like one of those mixed bag feelings of like, hey, we're really excited about something new, but also like kind of looking back to the past. Um, but no matter where you're at right now, whether you're joining our online campus or whether you're here in Lesur, no matter where you're at here, like no matter if you're feeling like good and excited because like we just sang that great, awesome new song, or if you're like, hey, I'm I'm not sure where I'm at right now. And no matter where you're at with your relationship with God, whether you're just getting to know him, you know, in, in these last few weeks or months or whatever or if you've known God for a really long time, God loves you. He loves you all the time. He loves you when you feel it and when you don't. He loves you when, when, you're, when, you're, when you're living in it or when you're, even when you're running away. God loves you. He values you. You are precious to him. New Year's is funny. I don't know if you guys are like New Year's resolution kinds of people. I'm not really. There's, n there's nothing wrong with it. Anybody, anybody make a New Year's resolution? Okay, I'll, I'll clarify the rules, okay? If you admit that you made one, I will not call out your name <laughs> unless your name is Sonny, and then I will. Okay, so like, but you know, anybody, anybody make any New Year's resolutions or is, or is that just like, you know, past day, we ain't doing that? Anyone? Yes, yes, couple, there, there, okay. What, Tom, what was this one? <laughs> okay, goals, okay, I'll, I'll get it. Yeah, you know, like, I was like, ah. <laughs> like, yeah, kinda. Let, let's, let, I, I like goals language better also. I dig that. I'm, I'm tracking with you. Uh, oh, man, I just broke the thing. I said I wasn't going to call anybody, and, you know, unless their name was Sonny, and I, I threw Tom under the bus. So sorry. Um, you know, and I, I, I get it. I was, I was listening to um, my friend Eric Sorensen. Um, you know, he's got some podcasty stuff, and, and he was talking about New Year's resolutions, and, and so re regardless of what your New Year's resolution is or isn't, or whether you call them goals or, you know, directives or, or anything like that, or new habits. And it's not too late. I mean, it's only, the, it's only January 7th, so you can still get in on this game if you want to. But just know this, that no matter what you've kind of decided or purposed or, or resolved or gold, It's going to go wrong at some point in time. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, that, that if, you know, if, if you've kind of decided, like, man, I am on this new diet. I was just talking with a friend of mine yesterday that, um, that he, and I, his diet already is a little, like, I'm like, wow, that's uh, impressive. He's already full vegan. Now, that's not the, it's not where I would like to go with my diet, but you know, he is already, a, I'm just saying like to be vegan, you have to be extremely committed. 
Like, that, that seems hard to me. And, and his New Year's resolution is to be full vegan, no processed food at all. <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, that's, that's a resolution right there. Okay. And I said, hey, man, I care about you. Um, so here's the deal. On that day that it doesn't go well, just know that that has no impact on you and how God views you. That God always loves you. And you, couldn't, you don't have to just like throw your hands up and be like, oh, that's it. You know, the whole year, 2024, it's all shot. And it's only the seventh, <laughs> you know. Uh, no, you, you know, like, hey, we, we all fail at something. And guess what? If you have a, you know, if you have, have a donut, or in his case, like a cheese quesadilla, you know, <laughs> um, and then you say, oh, well, the next day, you can just get back onto that. But just realize that no matter what kind of New Year's thing you're doing, it has no impact on how God loves you. We kind of do these things that make it all about works and what we're doing. And so often we attach that to our own personal identity and value of ourselves. But in God's eyes, you are perfectly loved all the time. And I totally went off script, so I should turn my Bible back on. All right, we are starting a brand new series called Everything New. Um, it's New Year. I mean, you've probably heard it, New Year, New You, or anything like that. But we're going to start with everything new because it is God who makes us new. Uh, Jesus, God says in Revelation 21, 5, He who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. I am making all things new. He said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. It is wonderful, because we put all of this, we have this tendency to put all of this pressure on ourselves with the, the resolutions and, the, and, and everything else that, that we have to do all this stuff, but at the very heart of our new life with Christ, it's God who is making all things new. It's God who is making you and me new. And, and so as we kick off this year, we're going to be just talking about some new stuff, some new stuff that God gives to you and to me. He's making all things new. And, and as he's making all things new, we're going to dig into Ephesians chapter 4 starting in verse 17, to all of my confirmation students who, especially the one who wrote down, I think it was last week or the week before, you know, they're like, not a lot of law in this message. Um, yeah, guess what? This one's got a lot of law, so you might want to get your pencil ready. Um, okay, just to explain, law is whenever in, in Scripture we hear, do this, don't do that. So whenever God says, do this, don't do that, that's God's law. The God is whenever we talk about what God has done for us, that he died on the cross for us to forgive us. That's gospel. 
And now you're saying, wow, does that mean there's going to be a lot of law in this message? Yes, there is. I'm just, I don't know how to tell you. You know, that's the way it is. Uh, Ephesians 4, starting in verse 17, reading in Jesus' name, because it's God's word, not mine. Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They're darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. They've become callous. They've given themselves up to all sorts of sensuality, and they are greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that's not the way that you learn Christ. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, having put away all falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry. And do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as it fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Here ends the reading of God's word. And you're like, wow, that was a lot of law. <laughs> Whew, a lot of do's and a lot of don'ts and a lot, you know. So here, let me just give you a, like an, a, a brief overview of how the apostle, how the apostle Paul writes. This is a letter. It's just, Ephesians is just a letter that the apostle Paul wrote to a church in Ephesus. Okay, and the people who live there are called Ephesians. Um, and, and and so like it, he's writing this letter. We've got numbers in here to make it like more like chapters and verses to make it a little more accessible and you know and referenceable. But really, it's just a letter. And so. The Apostle Paul, who was inspired by God, so God is speaking through the Apostle Paul, both to the church in Ephesus and to the church, Word of Life, and online, and in New Prayer, you know, so all, this is God's Word to us, right? Because God's speaking through, um, through the Apostle Paul, and so he has a really similar pattern with how he writes letters, okay? The first thing he does is he says, hi. I'm Paul. No, seriously, that's the first thing in all of his letters. Hi, 
I'm Paul. And then he talks about the fact that, you know, that he's got um, where his authority to say these things comes from. That it comes from Christ. And it comes from the Lord. That the Lord gives him the authority to say these things. And you're like, okay, authority, saying things. All right, the next thing he says is, he, you know, it's right in verse 2 of Ephesians. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So right after, whenever Paul is writing a letter to a church, he always starts off with, hi, I'm Paul. And you're like, okay. And then he tells you where he gets his authority from. It's from God. And then he says, okay, grace and peace to you. Because you're going to need it after you hear the rest of this letter. <laughs> you're going to want to be holding on to that grace and peace. Okay, so he wants to give that first. And then, he, and then he talks about like, hey, I love you guys. I really do. Like, I remember you. I pray for you. And, you know, like, it's like they're getting on the same page. I love you guys. And then he'll say that we're a bunch of sinners. No, I'm serious. It's right there. You know, Ephesians 2, verse 1, and you were dead in your trespasses and sins. Ugh. Dead? Yes, dead, dead. And you're like, I liked it better when he was talking about grace and peace. And he does it basically in every letter. And right after he talks about that we're dead in our trespasses and sins and we can't save ourselves. He reminds us of the gospel. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing. It is not of yourselves. It's the gift of God so that nobody can boast. Ephesians 2, verse 8. And he follows this pattern, and, and after he talks about our salvation, he then starts talking about the church and how, like, as saved people, as believing people, as followers of Jesus Christ who are in Christ, we're united together in the church. Not just Word of Life Church, but all believers, no matter where they are, throughout the world, throughout, you know, time, and, you know, and, and space and everything else, you know, we are the church. And he talks about that unity in the church. And then he talks about the gifts that come from being a believer in Jesus Christ. And he talks about how awesome this is. And it's like, it's like mind-blowing. And, and, and then he, as he, after he talks about, after he talks about the church and he talks about the gifts, he will often talk about all right, so how do we live in the midst of this? How do we live in this new life? How do we live in this salvation? How do we live in this grace that's been given to us, in this peace that's been given to us? Because you might say to yourself, I don't know, I don't really feel that grace all the time. I don't really feel that peace all the time. And, it's, uh, and when it gets into the section of, of the letter, and he says, look, this is how we live this stuff. This is how believers live, because once you have been graced, once you have received grace, it's life-changing. It changes our lives. It changes our desires. It changes our wants. It changes our actions. It changes our words. It changes our thinking. It changes our singing. God changes us and gives us new life. 
And then he will often, in the next part of the letter, he'll, after t- telling us about that, he'll kind of do some kind of more greeting stuff, you know. He'll give some instructions that are specific to that church. So in Ephesians, he's going to say, hey, man, I hear what's going on in your church. You guys got some marriage problems, so we're going to talk about that. And, and they do. Right in, uh, right in Ephesians chapter 5. And then after that, he talks, to, you know, talks about kids and parents. And he says, dads, don't provoke your children to anger. Stop poking them. Uh, dads have a tendency to provoke you know, kids to anger, I think. I know. You guys can just look at each other and just nod. You know? Don't do that. Um, and, he talks, and then he talks about that our relationship with the Lord again, the armor of God, and then, and then he's got some final greetings, and he ends every letter, almost every single letter, with another blessing or something like that, and he's like, okay, that was a lot, I know. Here's some more grace. Here's some more grace. And so as we dig into Ephesians uh, chapter 4, I went through all of that because I want you to ha- know that what's going on in these verses is not, you know, like, we're, we're not just like ripping it out, but it's in a context that for each and every one of us who is hearing the gospel, who's believing in Jesus Christ and what he's done for us, God doesn't want to just give you a New Year's resolution. He wants to give you a new life. He wants to give you a new life with new wants and new manners of living, a new new self, a new identity. And so that's where this, this lands in this thing of Ephesians. Are you believing in Jesus Christ? If you don't want to be vocal, you could just give a head nod. Are you believing in Jesus Christ? Yes. Yeah. Then this new life is for you. He starts off by saying, uh, now I, I testify to this, you must no longer walk as, uh, as Gentiles do. Basically he's saying, no longer walk as people who are unbelievers. No, not, we're not talking about like how they walk. You know, we're, we're talking about their lifestyle. That as believers in Jesus Christ, our life is not, you know, we are not called to just live the same way we were living before we knew Jesus. That, that the Gentiles, they, they live in, they don't get it. And, and, and it's sad, but their hardened hearts and their darkened minds means they don't live in a manner of righteousness. We don't expect not yet believers to do believer stuff. Not yet believers don't usually worship. They could even walk in here and be like, I don't know, I don't get it. Why is that guy raising his hands? And why can't he clap, clap on, you know, on the beat? I don't know. You know, uh, <laughs> I can own it. Uh, you know, uh, that's the thing. And so for, for not yet believers, their, their lifestyle isn't honoring to the Lord. But for those of us who are believers, our life is intended to be changed, to be transformed. And so, you know, and it says, hey, look, unbelievers, they've become, they're going after, they want to, they're calloused hearts, they've given themselves over to every kind of sensuality, and they are greedy to practice every kind of impurity. Sinners, sin. That's not the life for us. 
But that's not the way you learned Christ, verse 20. Assuming that you have heard about Christ. And I love the way he talks. He's like, hey, I'm assuming that you guys are, are believing in Christ. I'm assuming that you have heard about Christ and what he does for your life. Because if so, it's going to change your life. And so he calls us that for those of us who were taught the truth, as in Jesus Christ, verse 22, put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life. It's corrupt and deceitful desires. Our old life just wants sin, eat deceitful desires. But most of the time, it's a lie. Think about like the sins that maybe you once wanted to commit. We, it's a lie to ourselves. We think, oh, this is going to make me feel good. It doesn't, at least not for long. Our desi sinful desires are deceitful. They lie to us. Be renewed in the spirit of your minds and put on the new self that is created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. And so as believers in Jesus Christ, he gives you a new mind and a new self. A new mind that thinks new thoughts. God's thoughts. A, a new self. We put off the old self and we say, well, what does the old self look like? And he says, well, hey, we got, we got some descriptions of that. Okay. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each, each of you speak the truth with his neighbor. Hey, stop lying to each other. That's what he said. And you're like, I don't do that. Yes, you do. Because in all honesty, sometimes we feel like lying is easier than telling the truth. Go ahead. Think about one of those times. And you're like, mm, it was a whole lot easier to lie. But that's not right for us. And it's not good for us. We are all connected to one another. Stop lying. Tell the truth. In kindness, but tell the truth. Okay, so that's one thing we put off. Be angry and do not sin. You don't have to be angry. And please don't be angry with me. Okay, the truth is, at some point in time, you will get angry with me. I mean it. It's not, I'm, not try, I'm not trying to irritate you in, intentionally. It just happens naturally. I, I do. It happens, and I, at some point in time, and I'm, not, again, not doing this intentionally, I will you know, like hurt your feelings or, or irritate you or anger you or sin against you if I do, when I do. Okay, please. Please do me a favor. Please tell me. Please tell me so that A, I can apologize, B, I can repent and receive forgiveness and our relationship gets restored, okay? You will get angry. The, the way that I know this is because, well, you know, you're a sinner and you're sitting next to a sinner and when you're in relationship with other sinners, you are saved by grace. I'm not taking that away. Sinners saved by grace. But sinners, when they're in close proximity, have a tendency to sin against each other. And so sometimes when you sin against each other, somebody's going to get angry. But when you do get angry, do not sin. And you know what that means, right? It's like, like what, what sinning when you're angry looks like. We try to excuse it. And you're like, oh, but I was angry. Well, I don't normally yell at that volume. I don't normally say those sorts of things, but I was angry. I don't normally do those things and scare the kids and everything, you know, but 
sometimes that happens in anger. And what, and what the Lord is saying to us is that when we are angry, do not sin. That's part of the changed life for us, this new self, is that when we get angry, we're not, we're not flying off the handle. We're not yelling and screaming. We're not calling people names. We're not insulting each other. We're not, we're not you know, getting abusive, whether verbal or physical. Will you get angry? Yes. When you do, don't sin against each other. And don't let the sun go down on your, on your anger. When you do get angry, please, don't stay angry. That's what that means. Hey, look, don't let the sun go down on your anger because it's like the anger, it's not good. Do we get angry? Sure, just don't stay angry. And please, don't stay angry with me. And give no opportunity to the devil because I tell you what, staying angry Give some opportunities for more evil. We don't want that. That's not the life that God has for us. New life, new self, new thinking. Let the thief no longer steal, but let him labor doing honest work with his own hands so that he has something to share with someone in need. I don't know if what you've been stealing. I don't know what you've been taking from people that, you know, that isn't yours, and I'm not just about stuff. Yes, it's easy for us to kind of think of like, uh, like, like petty theft or something like that, or going to the, you know, to the, you know, uh, to the grocery store or the gas station and, and taking a candy bar, and you're like, oh, that's stealing, you know. Uh, <laughs> I just thought of this. Uh, my, my grandmother, um, my grandmother had uh, Alzheimer's, and but still somehow figured out how to escape from her Alzheimer's unit. I don't, nobody even knows how. And she would, she would cross four lanes of traffic and go to a gas station and steal candy. <laughs> and then they'd have to call <laughs> to have to, to for somebody to come and pick her up. She she had money. <laughs> Why is she stealing? I don't know. But it happens. We don't just steal stuff like candy bars. We also steal like time, affection. We take things from other people that doesn't, isn't ours. Don't steal. You got a job? Do your job. We do it as, the Lord says that we work as unto the Lord, that we do our job as if God is our boss. Hey God, what do you got for me today? Okay, same job. Got it. You got a job? Do your job. God's your boss. God's your boss. And, and, and as we're doing our job, the whole reason is not just so that we have more stuff for ourselves, but it's so that we have something to share. A little something to share with those who are in need. Hey, if you're in need, please come talk to me before you leave today. Okay? Because we've got something to share with you. Let no corrupting, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, 
but only such as good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. Okay, I like, so, I, so basically you think about like the things that come out of your mouth and yes, you know, I mean, I, sometimes for me, it's like, it's, it's insane. Like the, the words that come out of my mouth, the same mouth that we're using to sing praises to the Lord, right? That we're up here and we're praising the Lord and we're like, praise the Lord, you know, he's sovereign, he's awesome, he's sitting on the throne, he's giving us everything, right? He's forgiven us. He loves us. And then all of a sudden we're tearing somebody down with the same exact mouth. It's not just using, you know, like curse words or, you know, filthy jokes or any of those sorts of things, although that's included. It's let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths. I think of it kind of like this. It's like the talk that comes out of our mouths can rust someone. You ever see something that's been left outside for a really long time and it's just got rust and then little by little that rust just kind of pits through stuff and it just kind of starts to like almost disintegrate into this, into this kind of like yucky, rusty whatever. Because it's been corrupted. When I, when I think of talk that corrupts, it's talk that rusts people that tears them down, that puts holes in them. They get all rusty. God hasn't called for us to use our words to tear people down, to wear them down, to rust them and corrupt them. No. He calls us to use words that build up. It's like the opposite of corrupting, building up. Talk in a way that builds others up. Think about it as you are talking to a person, you know, and they're just being like lifted up and built up and encouraged, you know, and and the the words that come out of your mouth, they're supposed to be fitting. And as you're speaking, that it may give grace to those who hear. Think about that. As you're speaking, building upwards, you're giving grace, a little grace to you and a little grace to you and grace to you, grace to you, grace to you. That, that as we speak in a man, in the way that God's calling us to speak, as we're uplifting people, We're giving grace words. We're speaking grace words. And others get to receive that. And that builds up. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit. That seems like a really bad idea. Don't do that. Okay? Do not grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger, and clamor, and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Anger can easily turn to bitterness. It's the first Sunday in January. It's interesting to me. Uh, January is the month that is named after the, the false god Janus, or Janus, depending upon where you're from. Uh, this false god is depicted as having two faces, 
being two-faced. And there's a sense in which, you know, the, the new year, as we're starting things off, we have a tendency ourselves to be two-faced, to be looking in two directions at the exact same time, to be looking back on, on, on 2023 and to be looking forward toward 2024. We have this tendency at the beginning of something new to have this kind of thing where we're looking back and then looking forward. The problem is that as we're looking back, all too often, we don't just see the good stuff. We see the hurts. We see the hard times. We see the things in the past of where someone has hurt us. And, and it's when we say, you know, to, to put things, you know, put it off and put on the new self, I'm not denying that, I'm not denying what's happened to you. I'm not denying that you got hurt or that you hurt someone. But when we focus on those hurts sometimes, what, what happens if we are not living in for, forgiveness over and over and over again is that we have a tendency as we look back on when people hurt us to get bitter or to get angry, which leads to wrath. So in other words, with this bitterness, we're going to take this bitterness and says to put it off, to, to let it all go, to let it go. So as we look back on 2023 or even on further back in our, in our year, let the bitterness go. If you look back and you, on some of the hard things and the hurts and you feel that angry, you think back and you're like, I can't believe they said that to me. I can't believe they did that. And you just get, start getting angry. Let it go. Maybe sometimes when we get angry like that, as we're looking at the past, we start to like, just start getting out, clamor. We just start making noise. Ah! Let it go. Let it go. And then sometimes if that wasn't enough, we really get angry and then we gotta have to tell somebody else. That's slander. You know, like, this thing happened to me. This thing hurt me. And now all of a sudden we're share, spreading that anger and bitterness around to everybody else. New year. He's making you new. Christ is giving you a new life with new thinking new desires, let it go. That malice of, oh, I am going to get back at them. Man, they did this, and I am going to do that. That's malice. Let it go. And forgive. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted. Tender-hearted. Not calloused. Loving. Gentle. You're allowed to be sensitive. Be tender-hearted. 
forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. We say it every week. We put it on the signs because it's true, not because of what you've done, but because of what Christ has done for you. You are forgiven. And as forgiven people, we get to forgive one another. And as we're forgiving, we're letting bitterness go. We're letting that anger go. Are you going to get angry? Yes. Let it go. As we're looking back on the past, is there going to be some clamor? Is there going to be some loud, "Ah!" yes, let it go. Is there the temptation to slander someone because they hurt you? Let it go. You are forgiven. Because of what Christ has done for you. I was listening to a podcast. It's called The Mocking Cast, not because they mock people, because it's, no, it's produced by Mockingbird Ministries. And, and as I was uh, listening, they were um, reading an article in the New York Times by um, a guy named Dan something. It's like two first names. Uh, Dan Barry. Dan Barry. Dan Barry, writer for the New York Times, uh, and, um, and he's writing an article about the Minnesota Board of Pardons. Did you know we have that? Yes, somebody said yes, and other people said no. I did not know. I'm like, there's an actual board that pardons people. There's three people on the board, the, the governor, the uh, attorney general, and the chief justice for the state of Minnesota. And, um, and once a year, they sit behind a table facing another table, and there's a couple of chairs behind that table and a box of tissues. Tissues are necessary. And people who need a pardon will come and they have 10 minutes, 10 minutes to convince the Board of Pardons that they deserve to be pardoned. One of the people in the article who was at the the Board of Pardons this year, or maybe it was late 23, was a man named Jim... Uh, Jim Lorge, L-O-R-G-E. He was convicted of um, manufacturing meth. Spent some time in jail. Got out, but when you get out and you're a convicted criminal, every single time you fill out a job application or, or a place to rent or anything else, have you been convicted of a crime? You gotta say yes. Yes. Have you been convicted? Yes. Have you been convicted? Yes. Have you been convicted? Yes. Jim's been clean for 16 years now. He's a... He's a drug counselor for others dealing with addiction. And he tries starting his own business because he couldn't get a job because he's a convicted criminal. (sighs) 
And as he stood before the board, he said this, do I have to carry this burden for the rest of my life? I want to be forgiven. I just want to be forgiven. Yearning to hear that he's forgiven. Was he convicted? Yes. Was he guilty? Yes, by his own admission. Does it mean that there's no consequences? No. He lost use of his life. He lost all of his money. He lost his family. He lost his parents' family business. All of it. Gone. Their retirement. Gone. I just want to be forgiven, he said. To be pardoned would mean that he would no longer have to check convicted, convicted, convicted. To receive that pardon doesn't wipe away all the consequences, but it gives forgiveness. I have a friend who went through a very similar situation. I'm going to call him John because I don't want you to know who he is. When John was a teenager, he was running with a really rough crowd. And, uh, and John was doing some things that were not okay. Uh, and they were definitely not okay, according to the police. And, and one day, uh, John was driving as all of his friends went into uh, a place and, and committed armed robbery. They were caught. He was convicted. Every time he filled out that job application, convicted, convicted. I know a guy who took a shot and hired him. And he just wanted a new life. He joined the army so that they would help pay for his uh, education and he, and he served faithfully and he, and he you know, increased in rank uh, and then, and then went, went to college. He finished his college education and, 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 he, and as he was, you know, uh, after he graduated and he's got his, all of his tests done and he's, and he's filling out applications, he's like looking forward to this new life and there it was. Convicted criminal. And so he went to a state's board of pardons. And they wiped it clean. You'd never know today. You'd never know. Doesn't mean that there were no consequences. But he received that forgiveness. He received that pardon and so as we are yearning for something new, we get to forgive one another as God in Christ forgave us. All of this do and don't do, all of the putting off the old self and putting on the new, it is 
all about living in this forgiveness that has been given to us. It's about learning how to live in this grace that's been given to us. It's about learning how to live this new life, this new self that's been given to us as a gift. And so we put off the old self. We put off the sinning in anger. We put off the stealing and the lying. We put off the bitterness and the rage and the malice. And we receive this new life. And God gives us new desires and a new way of thinking that connects with this new life. And you say, well, I can't do that perfectly. No, you can't. You won't always put off your, your malice. You will hold on to that offense against you. Put it off. Forgive as you've been forgiven. Learn to live this new life that's been given to you. This new life in forgiveness. It's a gift. We get to live in it. Let's pray. Lord God and Heavenly Father, we have this tendency, we look back We beat ourselves up, we, beat, we get angry at others, and we often sin in the midst of this. We ask you, Lord God, you please continue to give us this new life. Teach us how to live in it, Lord, please. As forgiven people, help us to forgive and to put off, put off the old self. Put on the new life that you've given us. Teach us to live in this forgiveness, this new life. To live a pardoned life. It's in your name we pray. Lord Jesus, our Savior, amen. I cannot help but smile when I hear her. <laughs> That's so good. That's so good.